This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here from Remax. I, of course, down in um, Florida, in Punta Gorda, Florida. And Gary, you're up there in the Twin Ports where there's absolutely no snow on the ground. <laughs> well, don't we wish. Don't we wish there was no snow on the ground. Well, unfortunately, it's, um, it's the exact opposite. And, and uh, we have had a month, I think going back to, uh, you know, the week before Thanksgiving or right in there, where, you know, when the snow machine kicked on, it kicked on big time and it really hasn't let up. And we've had some, uh, we've had some really good snowfalls this year. I think, I think, I, I don't know the exact number, but I think we're probably up around 70 inches. I know we broke the month. That's what I was going to uh, say. The I, I, record snowfall for the month of December this year that had stood since like 1950 or 53 or something like that. And, uh, uh, you know, we had a, a recent, a, a decent snowfall here this week that, uh, uh, is, uh, um, yeah. So we've had our share of snow already here this year and, uh, uh, we're not really even into the dead of winter yet, so no. I was, it, I'm, I'm kind of. I, I was looking at that, um, and I thought that's what I read that it was uh, that in, up in the area there. It was, uh, and it might be a record for Minneapolis too. Is that? I think that's true too. So um, I, crazy. Well, I didn't. I didn't hear about Minneapolis, so I don't. I don't know what those stats are. But but l- listen, Jim, when it comes to to real estate and this type of weather. You know, and and one of the things that that we're dealing with right now with the lack of inventory coming on the marketplace, um, I mean, it's really slow. I mean, there's just not a lot of homes that are coming on the market. And I think when you consider the season to begin with, I mean, it's a seasonal type of an issue. But how long this type of weather contributes to people not wanting to put their home on the market right away. Because I'll tell you something, if your home is on the market and it's an active listing and it's ready to show and, and we get these snowfalls, you know, you've got to work. I mean, you've got to shovel it out. I mean, you oh, can't, yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult to, to have a, um, you know, the good uh, presence, the good, the curb appeal, the good, you know, walk up first impression type stuff. You know, when 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 you're when we have these snowfalls and your home hasn't been shoveled out, and 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 think about this, Jim. And this is something people don't think about a lot when we go to a house. Most of the time, when there's no snow, we don't have to deal with the stuff on the ground. What's one of the things people like to do? They like to go on the oh, exterior right. of the house and walk yep. around the house. Well, when we get these snowfalls, it's doggone near impossible to go around the house and, yeah, you have to and, and wait walk around. around the back of the house. You have to, it's really difficult. So when we're in this type of weather, and especially if we're dealing with people that are from out of town and are moving up here, I will always tell people if we go on a housing tour, wear some good boots because, you know, if we want, if you like a house and you want to walk around the outside, there's no way we're going to be able to, to walk around if you're in tennis shoes or, uh, you know, just casual shoes or something like that. So come prepared to, to be able to do that because I do think it's important, you know, that people like to look at these houses and with this type of weather and this type of snow, boy, it's really difficult to, uh, to, uh, to get, to get around the exterior of these houses, you know, but as a seller, you know, you have to, you know, you got to show your snow and people are working all day, you know, this, this recent snow that we had, 
uh, sometimes that can be a little bit difficult. So I think that contributes to people maybe not wanting to put their home on the market um, as quickly as, as they may have uh, wanted to simply because we're getting all this snow. And I mean, I think it creates a big, uh, uh, big hassle for people just in terms of keeping the maintenance of it. And by maintenance, I mean the shoveling of it. Right. Yeah. And you know, once you get behind it, it's, it's really hard to catch up too. Oh, it's so difficult. I mean, it's, it's near impossible, especially if, if, if you didn't catch up with uh, that, that storm we had around Thanksgiving where it was that heavy wet snow. I mean, it's, it's uh, pretty much entombed as concrete snow for the rest of the uh, rest of the winter. Exactly, exactly. So I'm just, I happened to look here at Minneapolis. It says that they're at 43.3 inches for the season, which is knocking on the door of the annual average. It doesn't say whether they had a record December, but wow, that's a lot. I've got, a, I've got some other friends in the cities and they're like, the, 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 um, the, the sound off is all the same. I am sick of snow. Stop, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I mean, and I have a daughter that lives down there. My daughter lives down there, and she. Uh, I think one of the things that they have that we don't have that I think is really helpful in these this type of weather is mass transportation. You know, I mean, uh, the light rail line, the busing, and all that type of stuff. And if you're, if you're right down there in the metro area, it's right. so much easier to get around. Uh, if you don't have, uh, you know, to shovel your vehicle and stuff like that, if you've got to get to work and all that. So I think that's one of the things that, that she likes about being down there is, you know, because she's got a little car, you know, and if, if it, we get these big snows like that, I mean, you just can't, it, you can't navigate it. So, but you can hop on, you know, um, you know, the mass transportation and get to where you got to go, you know, a lot easier than you can up in this market. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's something that you got to deal with, and um, you know, you, you learn to work around and 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 still get the houses sold, get them shown, and yeah, there are people out there that are motivated, and um, you know, I was I was asked by somebody who's a native down here, and they said, well, what do they do in the winter when they get all this snow? I mean, people don't actually buy houses then. And I said, oh yeah, you know, the the need. The need for housing never changes, you know, and um, what what people need to do, and we've been telling them for years up there, is, you know, you've got to take pictures of your house without the snow if you're going to be selling it and just hang on to them. Um, and I think, Gary, you know, you can probably find that for most houses online anyway if you look deep enough. Um, it just seems that there are pictures of, uh, of, of the interior of uh, every house that's ever been listed, at least in the last 10 years, that are online. Jim, I think that's a really good point. I, you know, I, I think as if, if you're not ready to sell your house in the summertime or fall or whatever, and you, you know, you're going to have to put it on the market in the, in the wintertime, I think that's really um, uh, an important thing to ask the sellers to do is to get some of those pictures so you can have a little portfolio on on the you know with the, all the information that you have for people to look at right. in the house you can see summertime pictures you can see the gardens maybe the fall the, the colors of the trees those types of things so i think that's uh uh that's that's a, that's a um, a good bit of advice for people hey gary have you ever taken a, a a picture of yourself and then do you have the skill to uh to doctor it up like they do you know, I don't. I don't do. I'm not a big selfie of, you know. person, but I. I know my kids like to uh, 
snap a photo of me and put it in all these things and make me look like I'm 400 pounds or I've got a real right. fat face or uh, uh, whatever. They eyes. love doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, that just that leads into one of the one of the stories that's that's alive and well down here, and I'm very curious if you've heard of anything like this up there. Um, and, and I've actually um, shown a house where the difference between the pictures and the actual house. I would say it was borderline shocking. Um, so they took, they, they take these pictures, they virtually stage them, and they virtually stage them so well that you can't tell. And then they soften, you know, the blows on the, you know, I mean, the, I've had people even like, you know, white out things where where the paint is a different color or something like that, or they or they change the. You know, there's kind of a little controversy down here of uh, not showing the true product. Um, and a lot of frustration with with buyers and agents when they once they get to the house and they say, you know, you're you you added too much. You made this house look like something it, it's not. Um, and I, you know, so there's 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 kind of been that kind of a complaint going around up here that you can. They're they're talking about making some rules where you, you can yeah you can virtually stage it, but you can't really change the or alter the true way that the property looks and it's it's hard to explain but i i gotta tell you that there there was a house that i showed and you know when i got out of the house and stood back and looked at the mls sheet and the front picture and the picture and and, and the way that the house looked right there you know they put in brand new grass there was no grass there they, they did all these things they softened the windows it looked like the windows were brand new the windows were ancient I mean, it was amazing how what they did to make this house look, you know, way better than it actually was. So that's kind of what a little bit of talk is. Anything up there on that? Not that I'm aware of, but I think photoshopping is something. Uh, I think pictures have always been uh, a source of. I won't say contention, but it's been something that it's there's a there can be a little bit of like, hey, this isn't really what the pictures look like. Right. And, and, and so I think we, we, we deal with that frequently, you know, but, uh, uh, I think from what you're saying, you take it to the extreme and you start Photoshopping and representing something that isn't necessarily, you know, true. I think that's where you get into this, this potential, uh, issue of like, well, is this, are you deceiving the public? Is this like a right. deceptive type of marketing and advertising? And, and we don't, not that I'm aware of any, anyway that we have uh, litigation going on or anything like that, but but I could see this being a potential issue for sure. Right. I mean, we're, like I say, we're we're kind of at that complaint stage because people are getting really good at it, um, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of think you gotta you gotta you gotta portray a true image of that property. All right, Gary, we're already at our first break. Why don't you give us your phone number? I'm at 218-390-0615 up here in the Twin Ports, licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah, and down here in Florida, you can reach me, 218-348-7653. And folks, we'll be right back. Hang in there. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney, Gary Callagher here. All right, Gary, um, let's talk about rates. Um, before we got on this, uh, um, to record this show... Uh, I, I was coming up with interest rates about 6.3, and you said it was 6.125, and by golly, 
Um, the very next site has 6.125 for a conventional fixed rate 30-year term. So, folks, if you're looking for interest rates, first of all, Gary and I always were saying stay local um, and then shop it because uh, you, you can find a higher rate just right around the corner. And so, therefore, you should be able to find a lower rate around the corner as well. Jim, up here in the Twin Quartz, we have the 30-year conventional uh, interest rate at 6.125. We have the 30-year term FHA loan, uh, mortgage loan, at 6.625. Yep, same thing. And then we have the uh, 30-year VA uh, loan at 6.125. And so uh, the rates have gone back up in the last 10 days or so. And it, it's, you know, watching the uh, 10-year yield on the bond market, it's indicative of that. That's That's gone up. It seems to have come back down a little bit now here in the last couple of days. So we'll continue to watch how that uh, continues. But still a lot of volatility in the mortgage interest rate market. I expect to, us to continue to see volatility in that market, especially for the short term. Um, and, yeah. and quite frankly, we could, we could be in a volatile interest rate market for the next year. I just don't know when they're going to stabilize and when everything is going to start to settle down. But there are still um, under 6% rates if you want to go with 20-year conventional terms. Very good rates on 15-year terms. The 20-year term is 5.75. The 15-year fixed rate uh, uh, for a conventional mortgage is at 5.375. Um, and, and you can get 10 year fixed rates now, Jim, for, uh, at 5.375. So you, the interest rates have come down from their peaks, but still a lot of volatility in them. And, and I just don't know when that market is going to stabilize. Uh, but I think especially short term, I think we're still in for an up and down market. Cause a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, they were down approaching five and a half percent. Right. And, uh, now they're back up. Yeah. It's, Jim. Yes couple things, uh, unless you've got something else on mortgage. Or no, I was just going to say that I ran into somebody, and this was, this was a first for me. I ran into somebody who has never had a fixed rate mortgage in their life, and they've owned um, five different homes. They've always went with an adjustable rate mortgage, the better deal for the short term, because they knew they weren't going to stay in their house. They were, always, they were always buying a house and then vaulting into a next one. So they said they they claim they've never had a fixed rate mortgage. They've always had an adjustable rate. Well, those are good mortgages if you're not going to be yeah. in the house that long. I mean, something to consider anyway. So uh, good advice uh, for people to if they're shopping for a mortgage interest rate. If you're not going to be in your house for you know longer than seven, eight, ten years, give give those things a look. I mean, they're not bad deals. Right. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Couple things, Jim. I want to remind people of at this time of year. I think it's important. A lot of people don't realize this, but um, our dryers. You know, you have most people have a dryer, a washer, and a dryer. But uh, I can't tell you. You know, we walk into these houses, and especially in investment properties, when, when you walk into these houses, you see the dryer door open, and right. uh, you know it's it's really important when you when that door is open, you're funneling cold air right into your house. Yeah. You know, and, and and you can walk down into a uh, a basement area of a house, you know, go from the main level. And if if the basement door is closed off, if you go down there and right away, you can feel the temperature difference. I'm like, oh boy, I'll bet you that dryer door is open. And sure enough, you go down there, and there it is. And and it's just something for people to remember: keep your dryer door closed tight so that seals uh, keep, stays in place, and you keep that cold air at bay because once that door is open, it's really 
bring in all the cold air into your house and it it uh, it will keep that furnace working so remember that and also time of year to make sure our, our smoke detectors are always working if you're hearing those things chirping by all means um change those batteries up because this is a a, a really tough time of year for us up here in the Northland, Jim, where the, you know we get this cold weather, so don't uh, don't mess around. And, and if you're a renter and you're hearing this chirping, if you can't do it, just call your landlord. You know, and and I think you can call things like you know I don't know if the fire department will come out and do it, you know, but the city of Duluth might have some resources, but they might come out and do it for you. Salvation Army, those types of uh, entities may be able to help you with that type of stuff. And you can't uh impress upon the importance of your smoke detectors and how important that is up in this market uh, at uh, this time of year then the last thing jim i want to mention is i've been on, on some showings recently and one of the things that has caught my attention this year and i think it's because we've had so much snow recently is when you go out on a showing and 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna uh kind of put this on some of the older housing stock in some of these older bungalows or older ranches, you know, that are uh, pre-1960, I say pre-1950. And uh, uh, you get to the house and you look up at the house and you say, boy, there's no snow on the roof, you know? And and then you look around to some of the other houses and, uh, or even a garage and it's loaded with snow, you know, the, the snow is staying right in place. Right. So and then you get up to these houses, you know, and again, I was on one uh, just the other day. And, and again, we were walking around the house and, and I looked up and I'm like, man, there's a lot of ice that has uh, uh, built up around the edges of the roof. And I'm like, that is really early to be start seeing ice dams oh, yeah. like that. And yeah. so, I, you know, you look at it and, and you got the buyers and, and I'm, I'm pointing this out to them and they're saying, well, what's causing that? And I said, uh, primarily, it's lack of insulation. Right. And you're, you got loss. a lot of heat. It's heat loss coming through that roof. Um, could be, uh, you know, ventilation is certainly a, a big issue. But when you're seeing, when you're walking up to a house, if you're looking to buy a house, and it's one of these older homes, and if you drive up to it and you look at it and, like, there's no snow on the roof, a couple things for you to consider. I mean, first of all, is it southern facing? I mean, if the sun is out, the sun will melt snow. But if you're seeing the shingles with as much snow as we've had recently, and then you're seeing these ice formations around the um, the the uh, the eaves portion of the roof, um, that's probably something to you know if you like the house to explore a little further. Is it insulated? Is there heat loss going on? What is the ventilation like? That type of stuff. But boy, oh boy, I think as we start to get into spring, Jim, when we have the the melt and the freeze and the melt and the freeze and that type of stuff. This is going to be a year with the amount of snow that we've had already that you're going to see, uh, I think, some significant ice dam issues going on. I believe that, too. I mean, because we've seen it. We've seen it there before. Um, these kind of years, you know, and, and you're right, where that sun follows is that can make a huge difference on whether or not you know, you're going to have some ice damming going on because it warms up during the day, and then as soon as the sun's out of the way, it freezes right away, and and all of a sudden you've got melted snow that's turned now to ice, and um, it can it can also move right back up underneath those shingles. So you got to be careful um, when you look at it, and and to solve that problem, that heat loss, you know, maybe it needs maybe it needs a little bit more insulation. But I've also seen people trying to solve that. And then they inadvertently cover up some vents 
you know, and you still, you have to insulate as much as you can, but you have to let that house breathe. Um, it needs to be ventilated or else you're going to end up with a moisture problem on the inside of the house and possible water damage. So, I mean, those are things that, that you really have to consider. So I think it, it, when it comes time to, to figure out what's going on up there in my attic, it's, it's, it's a good idea to get a professional opinion, um, you know, to see what's going on up there and, and how it can be how it can be rectified and if it can be rectified some of the older homes you know gary they just don't have the room to shove more insulation in there um and some of these overhangs the way that they built them you know so many years ago so i it, you're right on the money there that that's uh that's a big thing and it's hard if you don't have proper ventilation i mean you can do it but it's in these older homes it's just a lot more difficult but I think it's important for people, if you're buying a house, to just to keep be aware of this stuff. Because you can walk up to one house and you can see the asphalt shingles and then look at the surrounding houses, you know, within your, your eyesight, you know, uh, that you can see. And some of the house, other houses, it's like they get full snow loads on their house. Right. It's like, well, why does that one have snow and that one doesn't? Yeah, that's and a so, beautiful sight, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you want to see, you know. That's a whole other issue with snow loads, you know. And so, yeah, well, I'm just saying, yeah, when you don't see the ice dam and you just see a, a beautiful, you know, layer of snow yeah. covering the roof, just like it covers the ground, um, you're sitting pretty good as far as heat loss goes. So, you know, one more thing, Gary, you were talking about things to do in the winter, um, you know, around your house. The other one, folks, is that you, you have to go and find where your furnace is venting outside. Most of them are vented out the side of the house now and not up the chimney. And, you know, with all the snow that's coming down, I mean, if those things get covered up, it can shut your furnace off because there needs to be an ear, there needs to be exhaust, it needs to exhaust itself, but it also needs fresh air intake. And if either one of those things get, get plugged up, that furnace electronically will tell itself to shut down. Um, and, uh, you know, that it's a, it's a, probably a $300 service call for somebody to come over there and just and just clear out that vent. So um, if you got some furnish issues, that's the first place that I learned to look. Very important, very important piece of advice there. One other thing too, Jim, um, if, if you're in a house, and these are typically going to be in newer houses, so you have an air exchange system. Uh, you know, the air exchange systems have uh, a couple of vents on the outside of the house. One is an exhaust vent and one is an intake uh, vent. And it's important that you... Uh, at least annually go out and check that intake vent uh, for your air exchange because as you're pulling air in, uh, you could be pulling, you know, other stuff in. It might be some leaves or dust or particles or whatever. That that intake vent, you got to remember, it's suction. It's pulling air right. in. It gets clogged. And so if you're in a house and you have an air exchange system and you start to notice condensation building up on your windows – which which an air exchange system is supposed to eliminate, but if you notice that this condensation is building up, that would be the first thing to look at. Is is my intake vent cleared or is it clogged? And, and take a look at that as well. Yeah, and if they're not working efficiently, they're just going to keep running and running and running, and they're really not able to pull out the moisture that they're supposed to. So yeah, that's a re- that's a really good point there. So, Jim. Um, I want to talk about something I think that is a, a big, becoming a bigger issue, especially up here in the Twin Ports. And I think 
some of it is a national issue, but I think we're starting to deal with this and we're starting to hear more and more about this particular issue up here in the Twin Ports area um, as we attract uh, industry up here. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the big things, and I, I, I will talk, you know, primarily right now about Cirrus avi- Aviation. Right. They're, they're a big player up here in this marketplace. They've been up here since the early 90s. Uh, they've done a phenomenal job of, of uh, you know, building their product and selling it, and they've stayed in, in our marketplace, and they're they're a real big employer up here all of a sudden. And we have a lot of big employers. You know, we have the, the Sears, we have uh, the medical system, the Essential Health, St. Luke's, Minnesota Power, the universities, uh, the shipping, the mining, the railroads, all those things are big drivers, you know, in our local job economy. And uh, one of the things that, these industry, if we as a as communities expect or want to attract industry, and we've talked about this for years up here, you know, in the Twin Ports, is um, you know why can't we get any industry? Why you know why don't we get all these good paying jobs right. and stuff like that? One of the primary issues, Jim, that people that want that are working in these industries want and they need is housing. Yep. And I think we're starting to hear this. Um, theme or debate going on about like hey you know what you know we're industry we're doing this stuff we want to be here we like this community but guess what the people that we're trying to attract to come in they can't find any houses you know yeah and i think you 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 have um, a combination of different lifestyles that people have and you're going to have you know you're going to have single people that are going to be moving here maybe they can rent for a while they're not they don't have as much baggage as like a family or something like that you know if you got uh, husband, wife, kids, pets, all that, that type of stuff. You got toys, ATVs, snowmobiles, boats, whatever. You can't rent. You can't rent. I mean, you can't live in an apartment with that type of stuff. I mean, maybe you can short term and get some storage right. someplace, but long term, guess what? You need a house. You need a house. And if we're struggling as a community to, um, and I don't think it's something that, that the, that, our local government is responsible to provide, but I think they play a huge role in trying to solve this issue because they're, they're uh, trying to bring this industry. They're trying to be, uh, you know, one of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, entities that are, are bringing the, these jobs here. So we have this quality of life and we've definitely had more people coming into our marketplace We've seen a massive buildout of apartments over the last 10 to 15 years, massive. And we've, we've have built some housing, but I don't think it's enough. And I don't, and I think that if we don't get um, a handle on this thing, how can we expect these big employers to, to be able to come here and invest tens of millions of dollars in building facilities or bringing, you know, whatever it is that, that they make or produce or whatever, uh, and, and want to come up here because the, the people that they're hiring, they can't find a place to live. And I think it's a right. significant issue. Well, and down here, I'll tell you what's, what, what's going on down here, a unique situation. When we were talking about, you and I were talking about this earlier before we went on the air, and it just happens that we have an article in the paper about the same thing down here in Florida. And it's a, it's a big development, and it's going to include like a 200-room hotel development. It's going to have condos. It's kind of overlooking... Um, the water, it's, you know, there's, there's, um, there's a marina there, um, and it's all kinds of, of high-end shopping and high-end restaurants. 
and they're expanding so much that they realize that they're going to have an issue as well. So they're adding in a 102-unit condo building that is specifically for employees. So they're going to be able to purchase or rent a condo right there on site um, as long as they're employed and, and they're going to get you know the appropriate discount, I guess, is, is how they're going to do it. Um, and they understand that, you know, workforce housing is a real issue. If you're going to have the big jobs, you're going to have hundreds of people that need to have jobs in one particular business. They've got to be able to live somewhere. And here, especially the hospitality, um, you know, we're not talking about the same kind of pay that the, you know, Cirrus is going to earn. Um, and it's, it's becoming increasingly harder for people to find affordable housing that, that, you know, um, aren't making, you know, just tons and tons of money. So this is one way of, of them solving their own problem is um, they're, they're actually developing workforce housing right on site. So, Gary, we're already up at our break here. So before we go, why don't you give us your phone number one more time. We'll come back and wrap up this subject. 218-390-0615. And down here in Florida, 218-348-7653. All right, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney, Gary Callagher here. All right, Gary, let's let's finish up about talking about development, jobs, and um, communities' um, kind of responsibility to make sure that there's adequate housing because if we don't have a place for the employees to live, how are we going to add those jobs? So, Well, I think what you were just talking about is I think it's kind of a unique it's, – it, it's an interesting concept, and if – if people, investors or whomever are able to like, uh, you know, build these facilities where you have, uh, you know, is it track housing, single family homes? Is it high density type housing? You know, whatever it is, but it's within proximity to these specific industries. And then you have retail and all the convenience associated with that. I think those are really interesting concepts. And I think if you like, you go down to the cities, for example, and you see all these suburbs and, you know, as you drive into that area, you, you can start to see it to where they built, you know, their, uh, their targets, their Walmarts, their Lowe's, their Home Depot's, Menards, whatever. And they have these little hubs um, and then they have housing within proximity to that. And so I think that that, that is, is really what, you know, people want, first of all, I mean, they want, to live within a certain proximity, a certain uh, drive time to, to where they work, but they want all the, the conveniences as well. <clears throat> and, you know, up here in the Twin Ports, one of the things that we've talked about for a long time is, <clears throat> you know, I, and, uh, you know, I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but, you know, you look out uh, into the Western part of Duluth and the, the St. Louis River corridor. And, you know, we've, for decades you go you know you go way back in time that was that was a central area for jobs you know the steel plant you know uh the railroads i mean there was so much heavy industry out in that area uh and there there was you know morgan park that was a uh a, 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 a community concept that was built that, that, that they were right. supposedly take nationally you know with these concrete houses that they built um but the one thing that you never saw really develop out in that area was retail. 
Right. And and I think you just you just don't see it. They don't have conveniences. They don't have uh, you know grocery stores. Uh, uh, you know, uh, home supply stores, malls, all, you know, whatever. They they just never developed that out there. And so, um, I, and I think as you look at, and you say, well, geez, you know, there's a lot of land out there and you've got the, uh, a lot of potential for people to, to build structures out there, but it's just going to take a massive amount of money to, to do something out in that area. And then when you look north and you go up into the mall area and you say, well, geez, you know, this is where it's all at. Um, you start to just shrug your shoulders and say, well, you know, do we just keep extending out and sprawling out away from, from this area? But that to me would seem like the most logical place to continue to, to develop because there's, there's just so much development up there to begin with Jim. But I do think that this housing issue or lack of housing versus industry and, and industry coming into town I think it's going to be a central issue that we're going to face as a community for the next years and trying to bring the stakeholders to meet developers and uh, those types of things to the table and what it's going to take. Uh, because we all know, I mean, I look at Hermantown and I say, well, geez, over the last 15 years, look what's happened in Hermantown and all the new construction. Right. But it's so expensive. I mean, this is high end housing and not everybody can afford that. And so how do you get to where you have a, um, uh, a two fifty to three hundred fifty thousand dollar home uh, price. Build those, you know, build stuff like that, and and sell them. And I think we could sell those things all day long, but it's just so expensive to build up in this marketplace. So I don't know what the answers are, but it's a problem, and I hope we can really solve it or bring people to the table and incentivize them to be able to uh, accomplish this because we've got a. a, a we're on the cusp of a lot of good stuff going on up here, and I hope we can keep it going. Well, and I think that, you know, another another kind of a glancing point on this is there's a reason why I think that the home prices are going to hold um, both up there in the Twin Ports and, and, and here uh, in Florida and other places, and that is the cost of construction. The cost of construction is so high down here um, you know it's crazy uh you know houses that were that were completed um let's just say there i'll give you an example there was a house that was completed in um november and the people moved in now the house had been ordered you know 18 months before and they and they built it over time and i think it sold for uh i think it was like four hundred and thirty thousand. um they pre-sold the same builder pre-sold another one they put it in the mls system and that same exact floor plan has gone up a hundred and sixty thousand dollars you know when you when you look at the cost of construction increase you know and they say that the housing market is going to adjust and we're gonna we're gonna lose a little bit of value um they're saying it's not gonna be very much and i think that that's got to be one of the glancing factors too and you add into it that i mean we just don't have enough housing units you know up there down here um and and uh you know it, it's it's tough um for people in the workforce if they you know they get a great chance to be up at Sirius Cirrus and like you say they have a boat they have a dog they have they have a life um and when it's hard for them to find a house that fits those needs it's really hard for them to to maybe leave and 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 commit to that job as opposed to maybe they have an opportunity somewhere else in a in a similar industry um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, that's gotta be addressed. 
Well, I, listen, I was involved in a couple of, of uh, transactions last summer that involved, I mean, I had, uh, you know, a number of listings and, and one of one in particular, I'll say two of them in particular that were, you know, four, four or $500,000 homes. Every single one of them had multiple offers on them. And there were at least, I would say 50% of the people putting offers in were not from the area. Right. And the one thing that always strikes me about this marketplace and, and the, uh, uh, the demand that exceeds the supply is the letters that people are writing. Oh, and yeah. you know, we've talked about the love letters and everything and, yeah. and you know, but the, you know, the context of the letters that people are writing is staggering. And some of the, the emotion that comes out in these letters is, uh, it's just like, man, these people are struggling because they, they're coming up here, they're moving up here, they got jobs, they're living in temporary temporary housing, or they haven't moved yet. You know, part of the family is staying back to where they're from, where they're coming from. And the emotion coming through in, in the letters that people write is, to me, one of the most uh, powerful things that is going on. And, 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 you know, we've talked about, you know, love letters and, and the legalities of them and all that, but I'll tell you something. Uh, when, when we're getting these multiple offers and you're getting these letters that people are writing, um, you know, sellers, it makes a difference. It impacts the sellers. And so I'm the desperation in people that, that you see coming through their letters is, uh, staggering. I I remember one in particular boy where this, this was a house and the people were, they, you knew that they wanted this house and they wrote this like really compelling letter. But so did another couple, and and one of one, <laughs> the one couple that got the house, he had a medical issue, and he, they wrote that they conveyed yeah. that, and the seller said, "I can't not take this offer." Yeah. Even though the the other offer was more money, she said, "I can't, I can't not take this offer." They were both above list price, and uh, she said, "I have to take this. These people have to have this house." And uh, the the selling agent was just like, "You you have no idea." the relief in these people because the, the the husband needs this medical treatment and all this type of stuff and uh, she said we've been getting shut down on all of our offers and and it's just like this is powerful stuff and if if, if we can't begin to provide housing as a community um you know we're gonna kind of shoot ourselves in the foot so uh it's it's interesting to see this this uh, what's going on out there in the marketplace but boy it's it's a big issue well, and we've had, you know, we've, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. Um, we had companies down here that were trying to ban those letters and they could, they, they really couldn't do that. So, um, and not all sellers want to see them, you know, and so a seller can request saying, you know, if they write a letter, I don't want to see it. You throw it away. Don't even tell me about sure. it. You know, so that's interesting. And that, and that, you know, like folks in the multiple listing service, you know, there are what we call public remarks, what everybody sees, but then there's agent to agent remarks. And those are the places where you'll, you'll, you'll see something like this or, or some other special um, situation that the seller is in. But one of them is, is like, you know, um, no offers, no offer letters, you know, um, allowed, you know, seller won't look at them, however they put it. Um, I don't know that we would see that today, but, you know, this is back when there was, 11 12 offers on a property you know at that point and and the seller is probably right and thinking well you know what I, i'm going to look at who is the most likely buyer 
to come through and satisfy my needs, you know, since I've got to worry about getting a house on the other end and making sure that my end goes as well as it, as it can. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that there are, there are agents that don't want to see those at all. Um, and sellers agree with them. So interesting stuff. Gary, we got about time just to give out a phone number and then we got to come back and wrap it up. Okay, folks, I'm up here in the Twin Ports at 218-390-0615. And down here in Florida, 218-348-7653. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back to wrap it right up. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show right here on KDAL 610 AM. All right, Mr. Gallagher, let's, uh, we got about three minutes here. Let's, let's wrap it up with some interesting stuff. Uh, last year, Jim, some of the top stories that we had locally in the Twin Ports, uh, if you remember back to about a year ago here, some of the big fires that we had, the Seaway Hotel, the old Seaway Hotel was, right. was, had a big fire. Do you remember the big fire um, right across the Blondick Bridge, uh, the Sieversons Warehouse, uh, and the old Mercantile Building? Those uh, went up in an early morning blaze. Those are some big stories. Obviously, uh, I, I think that the... One of the stories that gets the most press is the cozy bar. That's a big story. Um, But I'm going to give the big story of the year, Jim, up here in the Twin Ports to Central High School uh, up over the hill. I think that that was probably the top story, in my opinion, because I I think it represents so much um, history. You know, it was the oldest high school in the city of Duluth, you know, and to, to... the, you know, the way that it was just, you know, shuttered, you know, with the consolidation of the schools and the fact that it's just now gone, um, uh, that to me, to me is a, a significant story, a significant historical story. Um, and the sale of the old central building down on East second street, right. you know, uh, so I'm going to give those the top story in the twin ports this year, Jim. And, and now that the uh, central building up over the hill, it's gone. They, they've raised it. They've torn it down. It's not, no longer there. They're going to develop it, put it, put in some housing, some, you know, um, uh, multi, some retail, you know, those types of things, you know, and, and the, uh, uh, the school district is building their new administrative building up there. And so, um, uh, as far as I'm concerned that, 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 uh, that gets top billing here in the local, um, uh, for the top real estate story of the year. We had a lot of, well, it certainly plays stories. into your, your housing shortage stories as well, you know, about your, your workforce situation that's going to help. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that development's going to be awesome. Well, I think we're going to continue to hear about the lack of housing, workforce housing right. up here in the, in 2023. I think that's going to be a theme. But, uh, um, you know, some of the past stories, um, just, um, you know, with tiny houses was a big story I, that we've talked about yeah. all year and we'll continue to, to see how that evolves. Uh, but uh, uh, interesting stuff in the Twin Ports here, Jim. Uh, uh, we'll continue to watch the, uh, the real estate market as we move forward. But uh, um, Well, yeah. and you know, one of the things that I'm surprised about Duluth is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there hasn't been any big large track developers that have come in and bought you, you know a couple hundred acres just to develop you know all kinds of housing it, it's just kind of surprised me i thought that would have happened you know years ago well you look up in hermantown they've done that the coffee creek is probably the one of the right. most recent ones up in the duluth and i think you look at you know look at billman's contracting you know historically they've built you know how many houses hundreds upon hundreds of houses right. up in this marketplace but um you know the um uh housing recession 
really put a uh, a, a crimp on on yeah. contractors wanting to build spec housing. Yeah, there you go. All right, Mr. Callagher, we got to be all done here, folks. You've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We've appreciated you listening to us for all of these years, and Gary and I will be back next week. So have a great one and stay shoveled out.